This podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, it's seven years since the British people voted in a referendum to leave the European Union. Seven years and five Tory prime ministers. And at last, after much rancour, an agreement has been reached between the European Union and the British government. It's called the Windsor Framework. And on Monday... The president of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, flew to London and amid much ceremony signed the deal. There was a warm, clearly a warm relationship between the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and von der Leyen and she also took tea with King Charles. So all is well up to a point. To discuss the problems, we're joined now by Sam McBride. Sam is an author and a journalist. His book Burned, the inside story of the cash for ash scandal is the definitive work on that subject. He is now the Northern Editor of the Belfast Telegraph and the Sunday Independent. Sam, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. The first question is about Rishi Sunak's position as British Prime Minister. He was deemed to be weak and not across the detail. This week has shown him to be strong and very much across the detail. Yes, this is a prime minister who last week looked like he was facing a major backbench rebellion who had Boris Johnson scheming on the on the on the uh, on the uh, back of the backbenches now, but somebody who still has got still some some quite considerable clout with Tory members, with Tory MPs. And really, it seems at this point that he has quite decisively seen off Boris Johnson, at least for now. He has managed to not just um, talk around Steve Baker, the very influential NIO minister, a very significant Brexiteer, um, who is now a junior minister in in the uh, NIO. He, he was somebody who last week was said to be very unhappy, hadn't seen this deal, hadn't been involved in it, had been cut out completely, and was thinking of quitting um, the PM's government. And actually now he is not just on board, 
but he's positively zealous about this deal. Yes. He says it's an incredible deal. And so to have somebody like that who was um, who was very difficult to win over, somebody who's very well respected on the right of the Tory party, somebody who's seen as a principled person, to have him um, about as fulsome in his praise for this as the, as the Prime Minister's spin doctors are, is a pretty extraordinary achievement. However, a week is a very long time in politics and who knows where we'll be this time next week, let alone two or three months from here. Yes, and he was on resignation watch. And you're right that Baker is a very important figure among the European Research Group, which are the hardline Brexiteers sitting behind Rishi Sunak in the House of Commons. The problem that arises now is, I mean, straight off the bat on Monday night, Sammy Wilson and Ian Paisley Jr. were both from the DUP, were both on television. Ian Paisley Jr. was not impressed and Sammy Wilson was not impressed either. And the DUP now, Jeffrey Donaldson, a much more sober and serious individual, said he would take his time, he would read the details and look at the legal issues involved. How has this Windsor framework been received in the North? Well, it's been broadly welcomed, but that doesn't really tell you very much because Brexit was broadly opposed in Northern Ireland. There was a clear majority against it. The NI protocol was broadly welcomed. There was a clear, there was a clear majority for that. So the, the key thing here is that with with the with the um, very tricky architecture of the Good Friday Agreement, giving unionism and nationalism basically very powerful vetoes, even though each of those ideologies are now on about forty percent of the vote in a Stormont election, yes. that means that it's not really about what the what the overall majority in Northern Ireland think. This is not a majoritarian system. It's about whether you can bring enough of unionism and nationalism along with you, as well as having an overall majority. And on that front. It's still messy. It's still unclear. There is a significant problem here for Jeffrey Donaldson in managing his party and keeping his own position as leader and in not losing lots of seats in May's um, in the May local council poll, which is which is now around the corner. That's a, that's a very significant um, contest for him as DUP leader. But I, th- I think it would be a mistake to think that just because there is this major problem within the DUP, and it is a very significant problem for Jeffrey Donaldson, that that necessarily means there is a problem for this deal. I think that across unionism, there is a sense, even among those who oppose this, that this significantly improves things on what was there before under the protocol. Even people um, at the at the extreme end of things, when you talk to them privately, they recognise this is much, much better, albeit they say it doesn't go anywhere near um, as far as it ought to go. And really, I think the, the coming break here within unionism, I think, is between people who are ideologically opposed to anything that constitutionally separates Northern Ireland from the rest of the UK. And clearly this does. There is no question about that. Some people said at the outset about the protocol that it was it was not a constitutional issue. It was just about a few rules around trade and about bananas coming in and sausages and things like that. That, that fundamentally patronises and misunderstands and misrepresents the centrality 
of the legal position here. And so therefore, that that is a very significant issue for some people. But for other people, this was about the practical implications of the protocol. This was about the fact that when they went to their garden centre, when they went to their, um, their local supermarket, they simply could not buy what they had bought before. And it wasn't one or two things, it was lots of things. And that was under the protocol not really being properly implemented. Had it been implemented properly, it would have made a major difference in people's lives, where they bought things from, how they bought things, and whether they were able to buy things at all, because certain items were simply banned from Northern Ireland. And for lots of those people, I suspect that they will look at this and say, it so significantly camouflages and softens the Irish Sea border that they're okay with it. And that's going to be the big break here. Now, the problem for Jeffrey Donaldson is that he never presented this in those terms. He said that there were seven tests that he had set out. They had to be met. If they weren't met, he wouldn't sign up to it. And in simple terms, um, I went through these yesterday um, and looked at them and tried to match them up with the legal text of what is now on offer here. And I could only, at the most generous interpretation here, I could only see that two of those seven tests have clearly been met here. And so even, even if I'm wrong, even if it's four of those tests or five of those tests, he said very clearly it had to be all seven. They haven't been met and that's a problem for him. I don't want to delay you too long. (laughs) <laughs> Sam, but what are the seven tests? Or is that so in, is that asking too much? No, so I mean, test test one is that the new arrangements must fulfil the guarantee of the sixth article of the Act of Union 1800. So this is the part of the Act of Union that said there would be free trade between what was then the island of Ireland as a whole yes. and the island of Great Britain, and um, now obviously Northern Ireland and Great Britain. This was a key argument of unionists in court that went to the Supreme Court. They said that what had happened here with the protocol had undermined the Act of Union. Basically, the courts agreed but they said that that was lawful because there, 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 was, there was a sovereign parliament. It had passed legislation. It had done it with its eyes open. And so therefore, essentially, that is the reality of parliamentary sovereignty. They can decide that the Act of Union is overridden. But unionists were very unhappy at this. Um, and given, given that that's the, the, um, the legal position um, as set down by the UK's um, highest court, it would require fresh legislation to change that, and there is no fresh legislation talked about here. So that hasn't been met. The second test is that any new arrangements must avoid any diversion of trade. Under this, uh, there is going to be much less diversion of trade. So essentially, the the trade barriers between Great Britain and Northern Ireland are lowered significantly. There has been a massive amount of work done there that just in practical terms makes things much better. But there are still barriers. If you want to get into this new green lane to trade into Northern Ireland from Great Britain, First of all, you have to register with a trusted trader scheme and that will put some companies off. They simply say, look, it's 2.8% of our market. We're not going through all this rigmarole. We're not doing it. Forget about it. We'll trade with other parts of um, GB and and just just, just not not really bother with this. Even if you get into that green lane through this, this new scheme, you then have to fill in 21 data fields on a customs declaration, albeit massively simplified. It had been 80 data fields. So it's much better, but there is still some sort of barrier there. So um, will there be massive trade diversion? Probably not. Will there be some? Yes. And what the DUP said was any trade diversion was unacceptable. So that hasn't been met. I'm going Um, to spare you and our listeners the other four because I want to put this to you. Rishi Sunak said late last week that he would stand up to and do 
the steel, the Windsor framework, regardless of the European Research Group and the Brexit hardliners on his backbenches. This week, he has said in the last 24 hours that he's going to do this deal and sign this deal regardless of the DUP or anyone else in the North. And we should talk perhaps about Jim Allister, who's the leader of the TUV, who are on the DUP's right, as it were, and even more hardline. Yes, and I think that it's not a great surprise at this stage that the PM is pushing ahead with signing this regardless of what the DUP say. It's clear that at the top of the DUP leadership, they are quietly quite satisfied with this. Yes, Jeffrey Donaldson is saying publicly, we need to study this, we need to think about it. If he was um, taking this as seriously as he had said he would in terms of these seven tests, it's very obvious that regardless of the detail, which is really important, but regardless yes. of the detail, just at the big picture, these tests haven't been met. So what, frankly, is there to, to think about? What is there to consider? He is considering it. and um, We know that he's much more moderate about these issues. His party always thought he was open to going back into Stormont if he could possibly sell it to his voters, to his party. So therefore, I think... The there will be a quiet nod from the DUP and maybe even quite a public nod from the DUP that they want this to go through, even if they say that they want it to then be changed at some future point. It's also something that's going to practically help people's lives in Northern Ireland. It's going to make things simpler. So even for those people who on ideological grounds say, look, this is not enough, I think it would be pretty churlish of them to say, let's not do it at all. Um, and so therefore, that that is very likely to happen. It's also likely that if Keir Starmer comes in as, as British Prime yes. Minister, let's say next year, let's say later this year, who knows what happens there, um, that he is likely to sign a veterinary agreement with the EU. He's likely to move Britain slightly closer to EU regulations. That, I think, then could constitute a second softening of the Irish sea border. Now, that's something that if you're a Jim Allister figure, um, you will say, A, on Brexiteer grounds, because he's a fervent Eurosceptic. He doesn't want to see. He wants to see Britain moving further away and Northern Ireland moving further away from EU regulations. Um, and you will also oppose that from his position on constitutional grounds and say how dreadful a position it is that Northern Ireland can only be closer to the rest of Great Britain um, if it is closer to the EU when it wants out of the EU. But that's not really the issue here. I think for most unionists, they are pragmatists. They're not voting for Jim Allister. Even though he's increased his vote, he's still at the margins of unionism. And both the Ulster Unionist Party and the DUP are fundamentally, um, certainly in their recent history, really quite pragmatic parties. And so they, I think, will be um, certainly people who overall want to see this go through, even if in the DUP's case, there'll be lots of people who say, look, this is a starting point and we now want to negotiate further. So it won't be done by... Good Friday. It won't be done by Easter. I'm speculating here, of course. You know, Sam, far better than I do and our listeners do about the DUP's situation at the moment in terms of, say, the restoration of the Northern Assembly with, you know, a Sinn Féin first minister and Jeffrey Donaldson as second in that parade, should we say. Is that a factor in the DUP calculations and indeed in the calculations of Jim Allister and other committed unionists? 
Well, it's certainly a factor for Jim Allister. I mean, he's been he's been virulently anti Sinn Fein for his entire career. He's quite open about that. He's been wholly open about saying that that there sh- there should never be a Sinn Fein first minister if there's if there's still a unionist majority in Northern Ireland um, within within Stormont, i.e., that there are more unionists than than members of Sinn Fein in the in the legislature. There, there, there was a subtle change to the rules here at St Andrews, which meant that actually, if the old Good Friday Agreement rules applied, actually there wouldn't be a Sinn Fein minister possibly now. Um, it's all quite technical, but in, in simple terms, yes, he's totally opposed to this. Lots of people and pretty much every nationalist in Northern Ireland thinks that the DUP is similarly disposed towards Sinn Féin, that they just will not abide a Sinn Féin first minister. In many cases, they think that they that they simply won't abide a Catholic first minister, yes. a nationalist first minister, that this this really is simply bigotry. It's dressed up in in the um in the protocol's clothes, if you like, but actually when you when you see it in all its nakedness, this is just bigotry. I actually don't think that's the case here. I can understand why people do think that. Um, and actually, Jeffrey Donaldson is one of the principal reasons why they do think that, not because of his personal views, but because he refused to answer the question prior to the last Stormont election. He was asked repeatedly, yes. will you accept a Sinn Féin first minister? And he wouldn't say. And people put two and two together. And not unreasonably, they thought, you know what? This is a guy who's being slippery here. But the minute that the election was over, then Jeffrey Donaldson said, I will accept it. And he went further then in Parliament and said, I personally will go back to Stormont. I will serve as Deputy First Minister to a Sinn Féin First Minister. So think about it from his perspective. If he really was opposed to this, he has annoyed the people who want him to accept a Sinn Féin First Minister, even those people within unionism who are, who are quite pragmatic about this, who maybe are very um, firmly wedded to democratic principles and think that it's just a stupid and indefensible position to not accept that. He's now managed to annoy the people who are hardliners, who don't want him to accept that. So I think that he has really made his bed there and he has to accept it. He always was going to have to accept it unless he was really kissing goodbye to Stormont forever. And that's not what the DUP want. They want the power. They want the patronage. They want the money. They want everything that goes with Stormont. And so therefore, he was always going to have to accept this. It's just that he stupidly, I think, um, thought that he could be clever about this and not really say one way or the other. That was not a clever position. And now that is going to do him some damage. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I note that last May's assembly election, the TUV, this is Jim Allister's extreme right position, they took 40,000 votes off the DUP, it's estimated, in the assembly elections last year. So we're talking significant enough numbers of voters, aren't we? We are. And what, what we're seeing here over recent years has been that unionism is shrinking as an ideology in terms of um, people who vote for unionist parties. Now, that's very distinct from people who in a border poll would vote pro-union. So there is a subtle but very significant yes. difference there. I think there's a clear pro-union majority in a border poll, um, such as we can understand that from polling and from other data. But in terms of a unionist um, a more culturally unionist, a more Protestant, a more um, a, a a form of unionism in its historic um, form, which is which is much closer to things like the Orange Order, which which cares about things like flags and emblems and all of the trappings of unionism. It is shrinking as an ideology, but within that shrinking ideology, it is hardening. So it's moving away from liberal unionism. Yes. It's moving away from the sort of um, Trimble type of unionism, the sort of Faulkner type of unionism, and it's moving towards an older form of um, harder line unionism. It's not always Paisleyite in character, but it's robust. And Jim Allister is the person who's now the standard bearer for that. And essentially what he's done is he has taken so many votes from the DUP. The, 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 there was a sense within the DUP leadership that they were so threatened by him that they essentially had to move onto his territory almost completely in some ways on the protocol. So they they walked out of Stormont. They gave these seven tests, which basically meant they wouldn't go back unless the, the NI protocol was scrapped in all but name. And that is what makes things difficult for them now. They know that in broader Northern Irish society, this is not a good place to be for them. They're not going to expand the horizons of unionism by going onto this territory. But if those people are gone for good, if they're never getting those people back, if that is the case they're, that, that, they're, that they're facing that situation, then what, what are they going to do here? Most politicians will fish in the pool from which they're likely to get voters. They think the people who vote TUV might come back to them. Yes. And so that's the, real dilem- that, that's, that's the real dilemma for the DUP leadership now. Is there a generational issue here? There is certainly on the national side, both sides of the border, there was a very interesting and in-depth poll, which I'm sure you read, Sam, in the Irish Times recently, a series of polls, actually. And they were very revealing about the generational differences. Some assumptions that people would have had don't stand up in the light of those polls. One of them being that everyone is mad down here and in the north. Every nationalist is gagging for a border poll. They're not. Yes, yes. I mean, there, there, are, there are a range of views on that, and um, lots of people I suspect who are who are very normal people would 
whatever their their views on these issues. They want to go about their lives. They don't want to think about politics. Lots of them don't even vote. Remember, a yes. huge section in most democracies in, in most democracies don't vote at all. Even of the people who vote, lots of those people think about it for a few weeks before an election. They listen to the, the to the um, to the um, the wider debates. They look at the literature. They maybe look at manifestos if they're really committed, and that's it for another few years. They put it away. They get on with their lives. What Brexit and what some of these issues have, have have done have been to force people to confront these issues. And that that has been the real problem for unionism, that people who were pretty apathetic about things suddenly thought, you know what, I'm not happy with the way things are going here. I'm not happy with what's happening in England. I don't want to be brought out of the EU against my will. And that got them agitated. And that was a problem for unionism. So if things actually settle down here and go back into the territory that they were in prior to 2016, who knows where that takes us. But yes. I think that in in the broad terms within unionism, there is a more there is a more elderly demographic. That doesn't mean that they're all pensioners. Of course, they're not. But that 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 is broadly the the case there in comparison to nationalism, and also within this emerging very significant category now of others of people who are centrist voters who don't um, align really with either unionism yes. or nationalism. Again, I think there there is there is evidence there that 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 is a much younger cohort in general. Again, it's not it's not it's not it's not firm one way or the other but in broad terms it's a younger demographic but within unionism if you look at some of the most strident voices people like Jimmy Bryson for instance the loyalist yes. activist who has been very significant in 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 a in a very influential way within the the uh, the uh, the broader DUP and certainly at the at the top of the DUP he's been somebody who's regularly speaking to Jeffrey Donaldson who Jeffrey Donaldson is leaning on who is worried if if he if he's out of step too far with Jimmy Bryson this is somebody who's you know something like 30 years old and um, somebody who yes. grew up in peace who grew up after the Good Friday Agreement, and um, so it is a it is a mistake to think that just everybody who's drawing a pension is a unionist, and everybody who's a young um, person who's grown up in peace is moving in a different direction. Things are not quite as straightforward as that, but there is also a broad truth in that. Just a final question, Sam, and we're grateful for your time this morning because we know how busy you are. If Rishi Sunak decides, and I suspect he will, to ignore the DUP and to push ahead, sign the Windsor framework and relations cool between the DUP and the Tory party in particular. We're waiting then, are we, for any serious movement, as Bertie Hearn put it last week, on the next British government post the Tories. I think that we're still likely to see the DUP back in Stormont whenever that happens, however that happens. There was a while where it looked like that might not ever happen, that this might be it for those those very significant Good Friday Agreement institutions, the most visible aspect of the Good Friday Agreement. And frankly, the, the bit of the Good Friday Agreement without which it could continue, I think, if it was to go down for good. Yes. I now think that that, that that is something which is unlikely. I think that there is enough in this deal that enough unionists are going to be um, not quite as angry about it as they were before. Lots of the most unreasonable aspects of the protocol have been swept away. Um, things like medicines, things like yes. um, bringing pets back and forth to Great Britain without um, vaccines for things that frankly don't even exist in these islands. You know, really wild red tape that just really enraged people. And they said, this, 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 this is not just constitutionally problematic, it's completely unreasonable. And some people basically saw it as um, really 
rubbing their nose in it, if you like. They were unionists. They had lost. They had um, they had really not not got the border at the land border. It had moved firmly in a quite hard sense to the sea border. They didn't like that. They thought it was unfair. Lots of that has been swept away here. And so I think that there is a significant chance that, that the that the DUP go back into Stormont. And I think that this this Stormont break, which is part of yes. the part of the New Deal is something which I think Jeffrey Donaldson, if he wants to, can leverage, if you like, quite yeah. quite successfully. He can say, this is something which did not exist when I walked out of Stormont. It's a new thing. Actually, when you look at the detail of it, it's quite a weak break. It's not really a break at all in, in, in some ways for Stormont. Yes. It's a break for the British government. And it's something which comes with significant problems if they ever use it. But that's that's sort of for, for, the, for the technical aspects of this. In broad terms, he can say with, with, a, with a degree of certainty, this is something that's new. It would be a dereliction of my duty if I didn't at least try to use this break. Let's go in and give it a go. And then six months later, when it seems like the break isn't really much of a break at all, he might hope that people have forgotten about it. They're happy to be back in government. Things are moving on. And actually, it's easier for him to just get on with things. That's the optimistic perspective. The other perspective is that he's overthrown, that he is not sufficiently in control of his party, that the DUP either splits or gets rid of him. And actually, there is this lasting problem here. But even even in that scenario, I think the good news for the people of Northern Ireland, for businesses, for for people who, um, whatever their politics, want to live their lives, is that this is going to be a softer border all round. That's more straightforward for people. And so regardless of what happens at Stormont, I think there are clear benefits from what has been what 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 has emerged from London, from Windsor this week. And that I think at least is something that is good news. Okay, Sam, thank you very much indeed for joining us from Belfast. Sam McBride is the Northern Ireland editor of the Belfast Telegraph and the Sunday Independent. And we're very grateful to Sam, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.